Well, here we are just briefly before Thanksgiving. And like I said, maybe you're frantically trying to get things ready or you're putting things in order or you're remembering the things that you've forgotten. Or maybe you're sitting and thinking this is going to be um, a hard Thanksgiving. Maybe you're being away from friends and family. Maybe you have to work. Maybe you're grieving. We come together tonight in all of those spaces recognizing where God has been with us. And so we come to worship in gratitude of the grace of God and the presence of God. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, <clears throat> mystic Meister Eckhart um, is quoted as saying, if the only prayer that you pray is thank you, that would be enough. And I think that's where gratitude starts. It starts in our heart. We breathe in gratitude and we breathe out gratitude. <clears throat> but can you think about the last time that you said thank you? Or maybe the last time someone said thank you to you. Uh, maybe it was someone who held the door open for, um, or maybe it was somebody who you handed something to or they handed to you. And when you said thank you, whatever it was for, did you say it with your whole being? Or did you say it out of like being conditioned because you're supposed to? Um, did you make eye contact? Did you say it quiet and low and maybe under your breath? Like, thanks, thanks a lot. Um, did you say it with like a level of snark or sarcasm? Like, thanks a lot. Um, maybe somebody didn't hold the door open for you and you said, thanks. How did you say thank you? Have you ever been in those awkward situations um, where you're just conditioned and you say the things like somebody says, um, enjoy your meal, and you're like, thanks, you too. How did you say thanks? And were you aware of how you said thanks? And maybe the better question would be to say is, did you mean it when you said thank you? Now, maybe you've see, received a gift by surprise. I mean, most gifts usually are, but um, a gift that you were not expecting, like somebody who paid for your dinner anonymously or um, the person in front of you paid for your coffee or um, someone dropped off something that you needed. Someone sends you some money for a bill that needs to be paid just enough. Or maybe it's somebody that stops by to talk to you just at the right time or somebody who gives you a call at just the right time. Those gifts that take us by surprise and, and how do you receive those gifts? Do you receive it with skepticism? Like, what are the strings attached? Or trepidation, um, maybe feeling like you're not worthy or worth receiving this. Do you try and pay it off? Oh, thanks for dinner now, I got the next one. Or is it with an open heart? How do we receive gifts with gratitude? Because I think that we have a hard time with gratitude. I think that how we typically understand gratitude is that it puts us owing someone else. And so we might be reluctant to receive a gift or even say thank you because it means we'll owe them or we'll have to return the favor. 
when I was in um, Italy several years ago, I was working with missionaries and we were handing things out to people um, and we were told not to tell them it was a gift because if we told them it was a gift, they would feel obligated to give us something in return. So we just said, prego, thank you, um, or please take this. And so it was just a gift, just receive this with no strings attached, receive this gift. And so if we, if we put ourselves in a place of, well, we have to return the favor or we have to pay something for this gift, is it really a gift? And are we really receiving it with gratitude? Are we thankful? In, this, in the gospel passage for today, um, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing through the region between Samaria and Galilee and was approached by 10 lepers who said to him, Jesus, have mercy on us. And they were healed as they left him uh, to show themselves to the priest. Um, they had to show themselves to the priest in order to be declared clean. So they were healed, but they needed to be declared clean to enter back into community. Um, and then one of them turned around after realizing they'd been healed and praised God. And we hear in the gospel that this person was a Samaritan. A Samaritan thanked Jesus, and Jesus says in return, your faith has made you well. That's the story. Now, in this passage, um, who were these people that Jesus encountered? We know that they were lepers, but they also recognized Jesus as someone who could help. They called him master. He'd healed some people, and some were from the brink of death. And that can get some people talking, right? I mean, especially if you're near your hometown of Galilee. You're listening for anything that might be helpful for you to be healed, to be made whole, and to be able to re-engage in the community. So this group of people were looking for a miracle. Being unclean meant that you couldn't participate fully in the life of the community. And that can be lonely and isolating, even if there are several of you together. If you even hear a whisper of a rumor that someone can help, wouldn't you cry out? Have mercy. <clears throat> and so Jesus has mercy and tells them to show yourself to the priests. Now that's what Jesus says. He doesn't say any magic words. He doesn't even tell them they're healed. He gives them instructions to go and see the priest. Now that's a cue or a clue that they have been healed or that they were being healed because to see a priest would mean that they would be asking to be declared clean. But Jesus doesn't say any of that. He just says, show yourself to the priest. And they go, except for one. There was one who turned back to say thank you to Jesus. And that one was a Samaritan which to people hearing this story in the first century, that would have been both shocking and maybe even slightly offensive. Samaritans were considered the outcasts of outcasts. We don't associate with them. We don't do anything with them. And they're just downright terrible people. Maybe there were some people who, who they didn't even consider as humans. And the story of Jesus has the Samaritan person returning to say thank you to Jesus the least likely candidate of the group, the only one to return praising God and thanking Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it must have been like at that time? How would you feel if you'd been healed? Would you turn around and say thank you to Jesus or would you be so excited that you'd be on your way 
to show yourself to the priest and re-enter society in, in different ways. Where would you be? A few years ago, I um, <clears throat> was with, um, I was waiting for um, a member of the church I was serving um, who was going to court um, for a restraining order. Um, and while I was there and waiting for them, um, you know, I uh, was having conversations with folks and um, was trying to figure out what time and how things were going to happen. And so I had asked um, one of the clerks, um, I said, oh, I'm a pastor, um, just wondering, you know, what time this is happening. Um, and then I had stepped out in the hallway and um, somebody followed me out um, <clears throat> and we're standing in the hallway there. And they said, um, hey, um, did I hear that you're like a priestess or whatever? Um, and I said, well, I love that title. Um, and I'm a pastor. So yes. Um, they said, cool, cool. You know, I just didn't know with you like being a woman and all. Um, so yeah. And I said, well, that's all right. You can call me pastor. That's okay. Um, and they said, cool, um, cool, cool. You know, um, you know, they're really nervous and they said, so I don't know how to ask this or whatever, but, um, I'm in a thing. And I was just wondering if you could like cast a spell or say a prayer or a blessing or, you know, whatever you do. I said, well, of course I can, I can say a prayer and give you a blessing. What can I pray for? And they said, well, you know, so I don't really believe in all that stuff, you know, um, no offense. Um, but I don't know. I just sort of think I'm in this thing and maybe I should have like God or whatever on my side, you know, I'm just... I'm just really scared. And I said, well, here's what I know. God is with you and God is for you. And God loves you in the middle of your situation because you are a child of God. And I know that maybe for you that sounds kind of out there, especially if you don't believe in God. But I know it's true for you and I believe it for you. And um, they kind of looked... And they said, yeah, I, I think that is a lot of garbage. But, uh, but actually, I, I don't think that anyone has ever told me that God loves me before. Most of the people are, are telling me about how like God is damning me or whatever. I didn't know that God could be loving. And I said, I'm just so sorry that that's been your experience. And I know that a few words won't take all of that away. And I'm sorry for whatever thing you're going through right now. But God is with you in the middle of this, whether you believe in God or not. And they breathed a deep breath and you saw their shoulders, you know, loosen a little bit. And they said, wow, who knew a spell like that could make me feel calmer and just like better about life, you know? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. Master, have mercy on me. That's all I heard and what that person was asking for. Have mercy on me. Jesus tells the Samaritan person, your faith has made you well. Sometimes you can be healed of something, but you may not be well. Maybe you carry around pain or resentment or frustration or anger. You can be healed, but not made well. And this one has been made well. They've been made whole through the grace and power of Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me. And what do you do with a gift like that? Do you mumble thanks and then go on your way? 
What do you do with a gift that's changed your life? No one has ever told me that God loves me. Have mercy on me. This story, this story is the work of Jesus Christ and it's good news. This is the gospel. Why is it good news? It's because it's the story that Jesus offers hope and hope is certainly good news. The story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is one that ushers in a story full of hope. Hope surprises everyone by coming from the future into the present. God's new world was unveiled in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and our invitation is to be a part of it. Have mercy on me. Resurrection announces that death is no more and anything belong that belongs to death doesn't get the last word. Greed, violence, abuse, prejudice, hate belong to death and they don't have the last word. Resurrection says the world is not a dark place, but the light pierces the darkness. Resurrection announces that God hasn't given up on this world because this world matters. Resurrection says that love wins and changes everything. And isn't that good news? Have mercy on us. Anne Lamont, who is an author and a spiritual guide, she says, we're Easter people living in a Good Friday world. And don't we know that world well? A world full of pain, where children are afraid to go to school. A world where a worshiping community is afraid they won't be able to worship safely. A world where people spew hate language about one another. Oh, we know this world well. And isn't this a world that seems to crave good news? And what if that good news is a story of hope? Have mercy on us. It doesn't have to be this way. In fact, it won't be this way. There's another way, there's a better way. A way that is not full of death, but of life. A way that is not full of hate, but love. A way that is not destructive, but restoration and creation. That would be good news. That is good news. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now within this gift of Jesus is an invitation to join the dance that has already been going on, the dance with the divine. And we can reject that invitation and it has no bearing on God's love. Have mercy on us. And yet joining that dance will help us understand God more and more. Rob Bell says this about God's grace. Grace is when you aren't striving or controlling or trying to change or manipulate or make something happen. Grace is when you find yourself carried along when all you have to do, when all that's left to do is receive. Grace is when you know you're loved exactly as you are. Grace is an entirely different way of experiencing life. Jesus, have mercy on us. So receive this gift, the gift of life that you have been given and receive it fully. Receive it with your head held high. Receive it with a loud voice. Receive it as the named and claimed child of God that you are. Jesus, have mercy on us. Your faith has made you well. Thank you. Amen.